Thanks for downloading or purchasing this sermon from Christchurch Forward. To find out more, visit forwardchurch.co.uk or join us on Sundays. Well, let's remain standing and I'll pray for us. We thank you, our Lord and God, indeed, as we have done throughout this service for our Queen. And we thank you, not least of all, that she points to you, uh, the King of all. And we pray that as we think of the Lord Jesus and his remarkable uh, kingly service, uh, that we would be astonished by him and indeed want to serve him for the rest of our days. In Jesus' name, Amen. Please do sit down. Uh, You might find it useful to uh, turn back in your Bibles to uh, the uh, first of those two readings that Janet read for us earlier in the service. It's Mark chapter 10 and uh, the reading is on page 1015 in the church Bibles, 1015. Uh, In a radio broadcast from uh, Cape Town, South Africa, on her 21st birthday, Princess Elizabeth, as she was then, promised to serve the people of the Commonwealth with these words. She said... I declare before you all that my whole life, whether it be long or short, shall be devoted to your service. God help me to make good my vow, and God bless all who are willing to share in it. Remarkable words, I shall shall be devoted to your service. And it is that sense of duty and service of of the nation that has been a hallmark and right at the heart of Her Majesty's remarkable reign, She has, over the years, humbly given herself in the service of others. Indeed, her readiness to serve has been in sharp contrast to the ruthless dictators that have ruled other nations around the world in these last 60 years. Sadly, we're all too aware of those who've abused their positions of power and ruled people with an iron fist. Even as we celebrate today, the outcry against Bashar al-Assad, the President of Syria is heard around the world as he attempts to quash his own citizens, even murdering them in order to remain in power. Indeed, it is his ruthless rule that is a classic example of the words of Jesus in our Bible passage. As speaking to his disciples, uh, Jesus said uh, these words in verse 42 of Mark 10. You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. We see that uh, lording it over others in Assad today, and indeed in the last 60 years, uh, history has been littered with others who've done the same, Mugabe, Gaddafi, Saddam Hussein, Idi Amin, Pol Pot, we could go on. And so it is right that today we give thanks to God for our Queen, Her Majesty, Queen Elizabeth II, For while she's not perfect, she has been and continues to be a wonderful example of the very thing Jesus is speaking of here, one who serves. Listen again to Jesus' words, calling his disciples together. Verse 42 again, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you, said Jesus. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. See, Jesus said Christian leadership is to be different to the leadership exercised in the world. Christian leadership is to be marked by servanthood, not lordship, by service, not greatness. Now, the Queen is a head of state, head of the Commonwealth. She's called the Fount of Justice. 
head of the armed forces, the defender of the faith and supreme governor of the Church of England. Uh, She is also patron of over 600 organisations and charities. Such um, authority, power if you like, and yet routinely Queen Elizabeth II is referred to as this nation's greatest public servant. She is a sovereign who serves and her motivation Well, listen to what she said in her Christmas message, Uh, not in 2011 that we heard earlier, but way back in the year 2000. She said this, For me, the teachings of Christ and my own personal accountability before God provide a framework in which I try to lead my life. I, like so many of you, have drawn great comfort in difficult times from Christ's words and example. You see, the Queen, by her own admission, follows the example of Jesus Christ, the ultimate servant, the King of Kings, who himself serves us. That's what we read of in today's Bible passage. Jesus told his his disciples to be servants because he himself is a servant. And so in verse 45, Jesus gives the motivation for living a life of service. He says... For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. For me, uh, this is uh, one of the most remarkable verses in the entire New Testament, if not the entire Bible. Here we see that Jesus' example of service is out of this world because of firstly who he is. In this verse, Jesus calls himself the Son of Man. It's a title used in the Old Testament, uh, that part of the Bible written before uh, Jesus came to earth. And it comes in the book of Daniel, chapter 7, where a figure called the Son of Man uh, comes onto the stage of world history. He is seen to be the most powerful and the almighty ruler in the entire universe. Now you see, understanding that makes these words quite astonishing and they tell us so much about the king whom our queen points to. This King Jesus is the most powerful one in the universe. He is the Son of Man. And yet, verse 45, he did not come to be served, but to serve. The Lord of all creation says he's come into this world to serve us. And this, uh, ladies and gentlemen, is what distinguishes Jesus Christ from all the other religions of the world. Uh, 20 years ago, when, uh, when Caroline and I went on our honeymoon to New Zealand, on the way we stopped off in Singapore. Uh, while we were there, we took a tour of the city, and uh, one part of the tour took us to a typical temple. Now, if you've been to Singapore, you may well have seen what we saw that day. Now, in the temple were many different statues of many different gods, and everything in the temple was about people serving those gods, giving gifts to the gods taking them offerings of fruit and nuts and berries. The entire atmosphere was one of ordinary people trying to do enough to please the God or even to appease them. It was all about people serving the gods. And when we think about it, it's inevitable that we make up gods that are just like that. Because if I were God, if I had ultimate power in the universe, of course I'd get you to serve me. I'd get you to run around after me. I'd get you to serve me, to meet my every whim. But that's not how it is with Jesus Christ, the Son of Man, the one true God, the one who has all power and authority. Verse 45, came not to be served, but to serve us. 
And do you see why these words must be some of the most astonishing words in the New Testament? This God, this all-conquering, all-powerful, most almighty one in the entire universe, Jesus Christ came to serve us. Astonishing. I imagine most of us have heard the saying of Lord Acton, power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. Well, apparently not. Apparently the, the, the absolute power in this world is not a corrupt dictator, but a loving servant king. But if that blows your mind, then the way this king of kings serves us takes service to a completely new level. Now, see, Jesus' example of service is out of this world because of, secondly, how he serves. How he serves. Again, verse 45, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve by giving his life as a ransom for many. Uh, we, uh, we love to hear stories of royals who, who climb down off their thrones. Uh, apparently on VE Day, Elizabeth and Margaret escaped out into the celebrations in London. They wandered around anonymously, enjoying the moment along with the rest of the people. Uh, we're told that Queen Elizabeth still likes to get out anonymously, sometimes visiting a West End show with Prince Philip. We like to hear about our royals moving among us as commoners. But what about this? The ultimate royal becoming the ultimate commoner. Incredible. And if that's incredible, what about this? The ultimate royal coming among us to serve us by giving his life. Here's how the preacher Glenn Scrivener puts it. From heaven to earth, and not just to earth, he became a single cell in Mary's womb, and then a wriggling baby on the straw. And then a defenceless refugee on the run from Herod. And then a builder's labourer. And then a penniless preacher. A homeless dissident. A stooping servant. Yet he descends even further to be a victim of cruelty and injustice. And finally a human sacrifice, dying a God-forsaken death on the cross. Never has anyone so mighty become so meek. He is our ultimate sovereign. The ultimate servant. Incredible. Jesus not only came among us, but he came to serve us by dying on a cross. And what a death. He was rejected by men. He was insulted, wrongly accused, given a bent trial, sentenced even though innocent, betrayed by a friend, deserted by the rest, humiliated, spat upon, struck repeatedly, beaten, nailed to a cross. He suffered the most excruciating pain. Jesus' example of service is out of this world because of who he is and because of how he serves and thirdly, because of why he serves. You know, verse tells us the Son of Man did not come to be served but to serve by giving his life as a ransom. Now, ransom is a word we don't use every day but it's a word that makes the headlines every now and again. Most recently when a British couple were kidnapped by, uh, from their yacht by Somali pirates you might remember them, uh, Paul and Rachel Chandler spending their retirement sailing the world on their 38-foot yacht. Uh, but they were captured. And when they were captured, the pirates demanded a, a £4 million pound ransom, uh, the kind of sum they would receive from oil companies after cap capturing supertankers, uh, a sum far beyond the means of the Chandlers. And so the Chandlers spent one year in captivity and were only freed after a ransom was paid. But here's the thing, they didn't have the means to pay the ransom. 
And they weren't in any position to pay or to raise the money themselves. They were dependent on others to pay the ransom for them. And that, says Jesus, is exactly our predicament. We need to be ransomed because of our lives, lives which have uh, been lived ignoring our God. See, as the Queen said in her Christmas Day speech, although we are capable of great acts of kindness, history teaches us that we sometimes need saving from ourselves, from our recklessness or our greed. She's uh, right on the money, isn't she, with that? We live greedy, selfless, selfish lives. We're just like the bad rulers of this world. We misuse power and authority. At work and in society, we clamber for status and then compete with others, put them down, show them up, pushing them away, sometimes even walking all over others to get what we want. Even in the family, when we're with the people we love the most, we want to control them. We get irritated when they're not just as we want them, annoyed when, with them when they inconvenience us. We fly off the handle when our comfort is challenged. We simply can't handle power. And so, like the Chandlers, we too are captives, not to pirates, but to our sin. And we cannot stop ourselves. Try it for a week. Try to be perfect for a week. It can't be, I can't do it. I've tried it. Now that is bad enough, but it all points to a bigger problem, to the ultimate problem. The truth is we are so very different from the Son of Man, the one who has all authority, yet uses it to serve us. We're so different because we have no authority over him and yet we want his place. We want to be in his shoes. Now many of you know before I became a vicar I used to work in the newspaper industry. And uh, like any other guy in his 20s I had huge ambition. I wanted to climb the corporate ladder and the next rung on the ladder was my boss's job and I used to imagine having his job and his company BMW and his office. Oh, he had a huge office. From time to time, I imagine the sign on the door reading Paul Williams, Newspaper Sales and Promotions Manager. It's pathetic, I know, but that's what I did. It was a position that that seemed to have so much power and authority in the organisation that I worked for. I wanted his job. Not that I'd have ever told him that. He was a scary boss and he took no nonsense from any of us in his department. But but one day, at the end of the day, when everyone except the cleaners had gone home, I, I, I had to drop a report on the boss's desk so that he'd have it the next morning. And as I did, I found myself well, with the opportunity to try out his, his office and to test drive his chair. And so I did. I sat down behind the desk and to be sure that I really felt the part, I decided to pick up the telephone and call a mate. As the telephone rang, I put my feet up on the desk and at precisely the time that my friend picked up the phone, the boss walked into the office. <laughs> it was a horrible moment. And I said, oh, why aren't you at home? And on reflection, I realised now was, I was not in the position to be asking the, him questions, even though I was sitting in the boss's chair. And I think it was about then that I decided to become a vicar. <laughs> well, needless to say, it was a horrible moment. But if that was bad for me, and it was, can you imagine how bad it will be for us one day? For us to discover that there we are, bold as brass and as large as life, sitting in God's place on God's throne when all our lives we've been pushing him to one side 
wanting to sit where he sits and in he walks and we realise that we've assumed his position. That's our problem. We want God's position. We want power. And that's why we need to be ransomed. And that's why Jesus dying as a ransom is so remarkable. We try to push the sovereign ruler of the universe off his throne and for that we deserve his punishment. But Jesus, the one who has all authority, comes down to earth to serve us, to give his life as a ransom. Listen again, if you will, to the Queen's words in the Christmas Day speech of last year. Although we are capable of great acts of kindness, history teaches us that we sometimes need saving from ourselves, from our recklessness or our greed. God sent into the world a unique person, neither a philosopher nor a general, important though they are, but a saviour with the power to forgive. We need a saviour. Now, at the Queen's coronation on June the 2nd, 1953, she was handed two sceptres. As the first was handed to her, the Archbishop of Canterbury said these words to her, Receive the royal sceptre, the sign of kingly power and justice. And then as he handed the second to her, he said these words, Receive the rod of equity and mercy. Be so merciful that you be not too remiss and so execute justice that you forget not mercy. In handing her those two scepters, he was saying, you have power and justice in your hands, use them wisely. Be just and merciful. Not so merciful that you forget justice and not so out for justice that you forget mercy. That is what our God is like. He does have all power. He is a God of justice, so he must punish sin. And even though he's a God of mercy and grace, in order to be just, he can't simply let us off. And so in his mercy, because he longs to show us mercy, because he loves us, and because he must satisfy his justice, he takes the punishment that we deserve upon himself. So he pays the ransom price. Not four million pounds, but something far more costly. He pays the price with his life, with his death on a cross, so that justice can be satisfied and mercy can be offered to us. And so when we turn to him in repentance and faith, we can know forgiveness, which is a wonderful thing. To know that you're forgiven, to know that the past is wiped clean, it's wonderful. But that's not all. Uh, Some of you, I'm I'm sure, have met the Queen. Uh, Some of you have been honoured by the Queen. One of her titles is the Fount of Honours. She she writes, as you know, to those who live to be a hundred. She also congratulates subjects on their diamond wedding anniversaries, as she did to Ray and Barbara Alban uh, earlier this year, members of our own congregation. I can only imagine how proud a person must feel to be honoured in that way, to appear on the New Year's Honours list or or the Queen's Birthday Honours list. Yet, however wonderful that is, there's something much greater. Uh, The Queen can bestow honours on you. She can even make you a lord or a baron or a knight. But she can't make you her child. She won't give you her inheritance. She won't adopt you into her family and take you home to the palace. That's not how it works. But with Jesus, because of his ransom, there's an honour that is out of this world. He can and he does invite us home. 
And that's where we find the meaning of our lives, not simply to be honoured by Jesus, but to be adopted by him into his loving family and guaranteed eternity with him when we die. It's something the Queen articulated so beautifully last Christmas. She spoke of our need for Jesus, our need of forgiveness. And with her wonderful words, I'll end. She said this, Although we're capable of great acts of kindness, history teaches us that we sometimes need saving from ourselves, from our recklessness or our greed. God sent into the world a unique person, neither a philosopher nor a general, important though they are, but a saviour with the power to forgive. Forgiveness lies at the heart of the Christian faith. It can heal broken families, it can restore friendships and it can reconcile divided communities. It is forgiveness that we feel the power of God's God's love. In the last verse of the beautiful carol, O little town of Bethlehem, there's a prayer. O holy child of Bethlehem, descend to us we pray, cast out our sin and enter in, be born in us today. She said, it is my prayer that on this Christmas day we might all find room in our lives for the message of the angels and for the love of God through Christ our Lord. Today, this day, as as we honour our Queen, we can honour her by responding to her prayer from Christmas Day, by finding room in our lives for the God who served us by giving his life as a ransom for many. Well, thank you for coming and uh, joining us today. As we uh, celebrated the the Queen's Diamond Jubilee today, we've also learned of her God. And I imagine that some here today will be saying, you know, I want to know more of this God who who would serve me, astonishingly. And so if you're a guest here today, we would uh, love to give you this commemorative New Testament, a copy of this uh, New Testament where you can learn more of Jesus Christ, the King of Kings, by not least of all reading the first four books that are within this book, uh, books that speak of his life. And so if you are a guest here today, I'll have these on me at the door. Andrew at the other door as well will have some of these. And please do just take one from us.